0: You're listening to Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. Hi everybody, I just wanted to record a short episode episode. <clears throat> I just wanted to record a short episode this week to give my interpretation on the myth of Loki and the horse Svadulfari and the wall of Asgard. Since I didn't have much of an interpretation at the end of episode four. Um, And the real interpretation came to me a few days later. Um, So first, I did want to start with a trigger warning. The episode does use the word rape, but I don't believe we're actually talking about rape. Um, The myth includes animal fornication. You could look at the myth as talking about bestiality as well, but I'd prefer not to look at it that way. So to review the myth, in the early days, the gods had established Valhalla and a certain builder arrived and offered to build them a wall. That could protect the aesir from the giants he offered to build in three seasons a wall that would give that would be impenetrable to giants in exchange he required freya's hand in marriage and to be given the sun and the moon the aesir deliberated and agreed to his terms but only if he could build the wall in one season at the first day of summer if the wall was not complete he would receive no payment. He was told he could receive no assistance in building the wall but he managed to negotiate to be allowed his horse Svadilfari to assist with hauling the large stones it was loki who allowed him this concession many oaths were sworn to the agreement and thor was away in the east fighting trolls soon summer was three days away and the gods became concerned that the wall would be completed and they would have to give freya's hand in marriage and give up the sun and the moon, which might mean the destruction of the world. The gods met and came to agreement that this all must be Loki's fault, and he would deserve an evil death if he did not find a way out of the agreement. Loki, being afraid, swore he would find a way for the builder to forfeit his payment, no matter the cost. That evening, a mare ran out from the woods and neighed at svadolfari When he realized what kind of horse it was, a female horse, he tore apart his harness and ran towards the mare. She ran away towards the woods, and the builder ran after his stallion, and the horses ran around the woods all night. The giant became furious as he realized that his work would not be completed. The gods realized from this rage that he was a mountain giant, and then the oaths were disregarded. They called upon Thor, and he arrived. He raised Mjolnir aloft, and, paid the giant his wages and they were not the sun and the moon. Loki had such dealings with Svadolfari that somewhat later he gave birth to a foal. It was gray and had eight legs and was the greatest horse among gods and men. So it really interested me that Sean had his interpretation. He really recognized the darkness of this myth. Um, Loki being forced to submit himself to rape by a horse. Um, At first, I really wanted to challenge Sean on this and say that Loki agreed to it. But then Sean did remind me that isn't Loki coerced? He's under threat of death. Um, There's a few different ways to look at it, I think. Um, So certainly, what does the myth represent? The forces of fate and Loki's risky choices are what bring him to this point. Um, If it is that he kind of was the one to agree to this uh, deal with the giant to try to get it done in one season rather than three. Um, And then for some reason, Loki allowed him his horse. Then certainly Loki wanted the wall to get built. Um, So the Aesir and their threat of death may represent this idea of fate. Um, It is Loki's fate, but then how will he choose to respond? It is unfair at this moment. He no longer has a choice. Uh, It's death or find a way out of it. Um, But then he does decide how to respond. So he could have turned into a bee and stung the horse and the testicles and sent him running into the woods. Um, if Loki was a nature God, he could redirect a, r- a river and make the path uncrossable. So the giant couldn't complete his wall. Uh, this, also, the story could have been written a number of different ways, right? This, why, why did the myth creators, uh, choose this as a image that was somehow, uh, useful or meaningful. Again, that Loki is the trickster God, the trickster archetype. Um, Another example of the trickster archetype is Bugs Bunny. I don't know if you're familiar with Looney Tunes, but a number of times in the cartoons, Bugs dresses up as a beautiful woman to seduce the hunter, Elmer Fudd. Um, This isn't the only way to get away or to get one over on Elmer Fudd. It is very risky. Elmer might see through the disguise and realize that it is uh, Bugs Bunny. But with great risk comes great reward. That's what the trickster does. That's all he knows how to do. It is his fate. Um, it's what he was always going to choose. It's the only option he was going to see. Loki could have seen a number of ways out of this, but he chooses the way that he does. Um, Maybe a more ethical way to look at the myth rather than thinking about Loki as a person is just representing all of the figures in the myth like the figures in your dream. Um, All of the characters are a part of yourself. In your dream, every character is some part of you. Um, One way to look at dreams. In this way, Odin is the king father who tells you that you have to go face the consequences of your actions. The giant represents the sadomasochistic shadow hero who works endlessly and wants everything and doesn't care about the costs to himself or others. And then who is Loki? So it's the tricky part of yourself who brings together the primal masculine energy of Svadol with the internal primal feminine energy. Uh, which Carl Jung would describe as the anima or which could also be seen as your soul. So the result of this holy marriage, the word for that, uh, I believe in Latin or in Greek and uh, to Carl Jung is called the hierogamos, the holy marriage. It's that combination of the masculine and the feminine within yourself. It's the mature warrior Thor who shows up and says, screw the oaths, screw all your promises you have to kill the self-destructive part of yourself, which is the giant. Um, so looking at the story, is Loki allowing his soul to be raped or is he submitting to a higher power? Uh, we project whatever we like onto the myth. We can see it however we want to see it. Why see it one way or the other? Um, so a, a recent there was a recent meetup at the Walled Garden. Uh, Sharon Lebel was talking about the wisdom of psychologist edith egger and egger describes this idea of the victim mindset there's two different things one one thing is to be victimized that's something that happens by fate one way to say that but then victimhood or a victim mindset is something that it's an internal prison that then we're trapped in and if it's an internal prison how can we get out of it and we can't take another mindset And this would be courage to find a room for personal choice within the painful fate. There's another philosopher at the Waldgarten, Rocco German. Um, He's the host of Eyes Wide Open Life podcast. And he talks about the importance of enthusiastically consenting within the context of your own life. So when you make decisions, when you make your own personal choices, are you consenting? Are you stopping and really thinking through What you're agreeing to when you go to a nine to five job, are you the victim of not having universal basic income? Or did you agree to do that job? Maybe you didn't actually consent to this life decision. Maybe it felt like you were forced to, maybe you would much prefer to be working somewhere else or just doing anything else. Um, How would you change that mindset? Is there room for any other changes in your life? to be mindful of what you're choosing, to choose the option that you can consent to with enthusiasm. At least as I'm thinking right now, this is the only way out of being victimized by this situation that's a combination of fate and personal choice. Um, The alternative is to become resentful and sadomasochistic, to take it out, punishing yourself or punishing those around you. So similar to the myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camus, uh, he's sort of an analysis on the myth of Sisyphus from Greek mythology. Camus says we must choose to imagine Sisyphus choosing to smile while doing the labors of his internal torment, the alternative and the impact on our character of choosing otherwise is far worse. So I choose to imagine Loki consenting to seducing a horse, um, As the myth is written, we have no way of knowing, it's it's hard to tell, and Loki is a sick fucker, so I wouldn't put it past him. But in the end, he saves Freya from a possibly worse fate, from living out her days in Jotunheim. And the result is the greatest horse and the greatest wall that the world has ever seen.